Those of you who were listening to our last broadcast will remember that we were dealing with a very important issue raised by a lady in a letter who says, last fall I discovered my husband was being unfaithful. And she says, in addition, that it has and still is a long, hard struggle sometimes for him and me. And she asked specifically, please, could you discuss sometime the woman's role in her husband's unfaithfulness in trusting again, in understanding his struggles, how to respond to him and yet work through her own fears and feelings of insecurity and guilt for not trusting? We began to deal with that question in the last broadcast. And we said that the first fact in bringing about true forgiveness that leads to real forgetting and a new relationship uh, between the two parties, in fact, a relationship that can be much stronger than the original relationship where the weld is stronger than before the break, we said that the first fact that needs to be clear is that forgiveness is a promise that needs to be made and kept, that our forgiveness is to parallel God's forgiveness. And God, for example, in uh, Jeremiah 31, uh, verse 34 says, your sins and iniquities I will remember against you no more. There is a clear-cut, definitive statement. So often forgiveness is not asked for specifically, nor is it given specifically as a promise, the way that God promises to us. How wonderful it is in times of doubt or question, in times when there is uncertainty in our lives, in times when our, our own frustrations or our failures or sickness or whatever else may come down the pike, how wonderful it is to turn to a passage like that and to hear God's explicit promise to us, your sins and iniquities I'm not going to remember against you anymore. For example, in Psalm 32, how wonderful it was for David to hear God say, how blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity. God refuses to impute or to count David as an iniquitous person anymore. That's what he promises. I will not remember those sins. I won't raise that issue. I won't count you as iniquitous. I won't reckon you as a sinner anymore. That matter is closed, says God. Or as he says elsewhere, your sins I have removed as far as the east is from the west. I have thrown them into the depths of the deepest sea. When God forgives, he promises not to raise those matters against us anymore. Now that's just exactly what forgiveness must be between you and your mate, whether it's your husband or whether it's your wife who has sinned against you. There must be a, an explicit asking of forgiveness from God and from his partner or her partner, and there must be a granting of forgiveness. God promises you must promise too. Now you see, you can make a promise whether you feel like making that promise or not. And you can keep a promise whether you feel like keeping a promise or not. Forgiveness is first a promise, but secondly, it's something else. But I want you to see that that promise is altogether important. When you promise your husband or your wife after he or she seeks forgiveness from you, I will not remember that sin against you anymore, you're promising three things. I'm not going to raise it and beat you over the head with it. I'm not going to go around telling everybody else about it. And I'm not going to sit and dwell about it on it in my own mind. You're promising to bury the issue once and for all. Now, that's not all that takes place. That is simply the first step. 
After all, when God forgives us, that's not the end. That's just the beginning of our whole new relationship to him. This lady says that she's having problems with the new relationship, that it has become a hard struggle. Well, it may be that the struggle began in the wrong way, as I suggested in the last broadcast, and as I've just summarized that broadcast for you in this. But it may also be that the wrong notion has been uh, in the minds of the parties who are involved that forgiveness settles everything, that forgiveness itself is the beginning and the end. Let's get it very clear. Forgiveness is only the beginning. Forgiveness puts the past where it belongs in the past, but it does nothing about the present. It only erases the past. It only gets you into a place where now you've got to build a new relationship with one another. When God forgives us, that isn't the end of our relationship with him. That isn't the sum and substance of our relationship with him. Not by any means. Now God calls us to a whole new relationship, to build a relationship, to begin to work at new ways that will no longer lead to the same old problems that existed before. And you see, that's probably just what's needed in this marriage. There must be a conscious communication between both parties in which they willingly, before God, consult him in prayer and consult his word in faithfulness and willingly work out the difficulties between them. There need not be a long, hard struggle in healing this problem. There not need be all those difficulties in trusting again once you begin to see the changes in the relationship take place. And the thing that always makes the difference is the changes that one sees in another. Now I suggest that you do two things if this problem persists. First, sit down together with your husband or with your wife and talk over all of the areas in your lives that need to be worked on. After all, there were things that led to this adultery. There were problems in that marriage that were not resolved. Those problems now need to be resolved. Those difficulties need to be worked through. They need to be dealt with according to the principles of the Word of God. Indeed, no new relationship will develop unless the old relationship is thoroughly analyzed and reworked according to scriptural principles. If you can't do this alone, and the possibility in such cases is that you can't, then here's where you need to call in your pastor to seek his counsel and his help. Ask him to help you work on a future relationship that will be pleasing and honoring to God and that will keep the two of you from getting into the same kinds of difficulties that you had once before. I guarantee you that once you begin to see your husband changing, once you begin to see your own life changing, once you begin to see this marriage becoming a new and healthier and more vital thing, it will not be months and months and months before those kinds of struggles you're talking about now are overcome. You'll begin to forget the past and you'll begin to look forward to the future you'll find that within a very short while, as a new relationship develops, that you'll be enjoying this new relationship. And indeed, in time, though you certainly will not uh, be uh, cavalier about the sin itself, you will be able to say that even that worked together for good. You'll be able to thank God that where sin abounded, grace did more abound. And that, of course, is your job, to demonstrate in your life as a redeemed Christian that you 
just like the Lord Jesus Christ can turn a cross into a resurrection. And now I want to remind you that this is not all that needs to be done. And so listen in again in our next broadcast when I'll tell you about some more matters that pertain to this question too. Lord, we do pray for this family and for this marriage and for others who are in the same situation. Bless them all, we pray, and give to them the strength to be able to meet together and to pastors the wisdom to know how to counsel them that marriages may once again be established for Christ's sake. Amen.